0: Hi there. I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of livehealthy.ae, and this is the livehealthy.ae podcast. Each week we will interview leaders in the UAE's health and wellness community, and we'll explore topics you read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women. And now it's time to meet this week's guest. So today on the livehealthy.ae podcast, I have Arsalan Al-Hashimi. He is, I'm going to let him tell you what he is, but he's a coach. He's a high performance coach and he's got a really interesting backstory and he's very inspiring and he's got a lot of stuff that will help people feel better, I think, and perform better and lots of insights. So I'm just going to get started and ask you, you're in Dubai, I'm in Abu Dhabi, um, you had quite an athletic career. Can you just sort of tell me how that came about, a little bit about where you're from and how your athletic uh, career happened?
1: So, hi, first of all. Hi. Good <laughs> to be here. Um, I uh, basically started uh, sports really early. We, we were really blessed. Uh, I grew up in Abu Dhabi, and uh, we lived in a compound that had uh, the leisure of having multiple sports and multiple coaches. So I started playing tennis with my father, okay. who was a big tennis fan. And of course, all the other sports, but uh, tennis, racket sports has always been the thing for me. I think something about them, maybe through DNA, I don't know what it is, but really attracted me. And then I think after the second summer playing tennis in the summer, I was like, ah, this is it's 45 degrees outside, you know, I can't do the coaching. And then one day I went into the clubhouse. We had a clubhouse and there was a squash court in there. And in the squash court, some of my friends were playing. And I'm like, wow, they play in the AC here. And, it, uh, <laughs> and it's a racket. On it... but, uh, but I got into the court and I don't know, something clicked. I love the sport. So I made the switch from uh, tennis to squash. My dad, of course, hated me for it. but uh, um, And I think he still hates me for it, but it's okay. And uh, and so I started uh, playing squash, and I just I just fell in love with it. I uh, it was funny because when I started off my squash career, I was kind of the last um, kind of junior or out of my kids out of my friends when we were kids to uh, to play the sport, and I had to play catch up. Um, and it took me about a year maybe to kind of like get to the to the to the top level in our club, and then I started playing in city tournaments like in Abu Dhabi. Those days squash was really big in Abu Dhabi. Actually, there were a lot of really good players here. There were a lot of um, world-ranked coaches here, and and because I think because there were so many resorts and stuff, they all coached in the in the hotels and they paid them well. So and squash professionals aren't very well paid, so if they get a gig like that, they're very happy. So I trained with some really really good coaches, Pakistani. Uh, Egyptian, um, British, those were like the top nationalities. And I very quickly started winning in Abu Dhabi at home. And then I started win- winning UAE. And then I started winning like GCC level and I started going up and up. And then I started playing men's at a very early age and started winning all of that. So uh, my career started with squash and then came to an abrupt end. when my dad asked me to quit, to go to school. And our agreement was I was going to go to the States. And when I went to the States, I played my second sport there, which was volleyball. So I played NCAA for two years. Um, you first just I don't
0: know if
1: people know what that is. NCAA is the National Collegiate Athletic Association. University. So basically, yeah, university level. I mean, the American university level probably beats most international level players. It's It's really high level extremely competitive, all the best players of the NBA, NFL, NHL, volleyball, beach volleyball, or come all start from there. Um, So it's very competitive. And I started playing there. um, And then I moved to beach volleyball and there were multiple sports I played. The last one I I did was I was an Ironman athlete for about four or five years, triathlon and Ironman athlete. And uh, that was kind of the tail end of my athletic career, if you can say that. Okay. Now it's more leisurely and uh, more yoga and meditation, I guess.
0: <laughs> so Iron Man is yeah. Iron Man is a marathon.
1: Iron Man is a combination of three sports. It's yep. like triathlon. So you swim and then you bike and then you run.
0: You run a full marathon, right? That's in
1: the full Iron Man. Yeah. Okay. You you swim four kilometers open water, and then you get out of there and get straight on the bike, and you bike um, 180 kilometers. That's okay. a lot and then you run a full marathon after that. And then there's the half Ironman, which is half these distances.
0: Okay. How many
1: yeah. did you do? I did two halves. Okay. I didn't do the full one. I was preparing to do the full one, but that's when I had my, my, uh, my health crash and, uh, and I kind of had to stop.
0: Okay, so tell me what happened with your health.
1: So basically what happened was I... Um, the reason... I'm just going to track back a little bit. The reason why I got into Ironman was because I kind of uh, came to an abrupt stop in my career uh, and I was really kind of lost. My wife, Al-Amir Reem, at some point finished her PhD, came back from California, and we agreed that I'll take a break um, to just kind of like...
0: And what were you doing? What was your job then? Sorry to interrupt.
1: Um, my career has been very varied. I was in the government for about seven or eight years. Uh, at, the, at the pinnacle of it, I was a senior advisor to two chairmen in a row, um, director general of Abu Dhabi Airport's company at that time. And then I moved to the Department of Transport, where I was a senior advisor to the chairman and the senior leadership there, both in uh, marketing communications and project management. And then after that, I went into the corporate world where I ran um, a multinational film production company. They were the best in the world at that time. I think they still are. Their name, their name is The Edge Picture Company. They're the number one corporate film production company in the world. And uh, I ran their business predominantly in the UAE and a little bit uh, advised on the jobs in the, on the GCC. Um, and then when that closed down after about five years, that's when I decided to take a break because my career was kind of all ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. The ups were amazing and the downs were very, very severe, very severe. And so there was this chronic up and down, up and down. And then one day I was kind of burned out. My wife, as I said, was came back from California. She was like, take a break. Um, and me being the high achiever that I am, instead of taking a break, I decided to do Ironman and uh, not respecting the fact that Literally, my body and my mind was giving me all these signals to kind of take a break. And after my last Ironman race, I uh, completely um, crashed and burned, metaphorically. Uh, It's dangerous to say you crashed while you're doing Ironman, because people assume you crashed on a bike. No, I I, like my health crashed. I was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue stage 3, chronic stress uh, syndrome, mononucleosis, um, and a few other mental dis- diseases um, like uh, uh, depression and uh, bipolarism and stuff like that. But they were all basically, uh, they were all symptoms of the same thing, which is, which is uh, the fatigue, chronic fatigue. So um, and what cr- symptoms were really-
0: you ignoring, would you say?
1: Oh, everything. I uh I at some point I I was like maybe four percent fat, which is way below the norm. I had dropped a lot in weight. I was extremely depressed. I couldn't sleep at night. I was sleeping in too much during the day. Um and then I was fighting that too to be able to get out and, and, and train. We trained like four o'clock in the morning here to be able to escape the heat, you know long bike rides uh, two three hours of that and there was a there was a lot of physical things happening too like i always had pain in my body somewhere always okay you know i was there was chronic pain basically all the time it was one thing from the other i was getting injured a lot so all these different things and and mentally i was i had oh the, the worst one was brain fog i had brain fog 24 hours even when it felt like even when i was dreaming i was i had brain fog like it was really really bad and i don't know if anybody knows what brain fog is like brain fog basically literally feels like you have fog inside your your brain you can't think it kind of presses down in your eyes so you feel tired all the time and uh, it's very debilitating cuz y- you feel like you need to be smarter than you are and and you're not and it's just it's it's uh, it causes depression it causes all kinds of things so so I'm telling you, all these symptoms were kind of intertwined. One was feeding into the other, and it was almost like a spiral until the point where I literally just crashed. Like I was, I I was a zombie for about a month, two months maybe, until somebody kind of figured out what was going on. Um And this is a good segue into why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing, yeah, and yeah. that's why basically I started doing what I'm doing because I had to go. I had to figure it out for myself, really. How to recover? What was going on? Should I really be taking all these medications? I'm completely against them, anyways. From since I was young.
0: What were you prescribed? Like what were you taking? Uh,
1: I don't even remember, honestly. Anything and everything you can imagine, because nobody nobody was able to figure out what it was. So there was everything from. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was everything from antibiotics and all the way to kind of like antidepressants were proposed and things like that. That. I, I stayed away from, thank God. But but everything in between, you can imagine. Okay. Yeah. And then I started getting very weird uh, in between all of this, like even until the Iron Man, I was always getting uh, very strange sicknesses. Like, um, I forgot what it's called. Um, the virus that comes out after chickenpox. Do you know what, it, do you remember what it's called? Yeah. Shingles. Exactly. Yeah. I got shingles out of the blue. And uh, so, shingles basically, for people that don't know, is the chickenpox virus that's kind of contained within your body. And when it comes out in your adult life, it comes out as shingles. And that's a very, very big indication that your immunity system has crashed. But your common doctor every day doesn't know that, um, unfortunately. Or maybe they know and they don't talk about it. Or maybe they don't talk about it because they don't know how to solve that problem, you know? So, all these little things started indicating to me that my immunity was completely crashed. And when I started looking into that, I started finding things about fatigue and fatigue syndrome and what that causes. And that's kind of the, 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 the thread that I kind of held on to and, 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 and climbed my way up. It took me, I mean, I can say now that I'm fully recovered, but it took me about three years to fully recover.
0: What did you start? You said the thread that pulled you out. How did you sort of start to heal yourself? How did you mean? Because you weren't um, feeling well. Also, you weren't feeling well. So
1: you. Is... No. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the thing. It was this this brain fog thing. Was thinking through all of this and and trying to to read and research and and intelligently make um, decisions. A quick 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 uh, fact: when you're when you're stressed, um, and I and we can go th- into that a bit in, in detail a bit later. But when you're stressed, your analytical mind switches off. Your thinking mind switches off. Right. Okay. That's one of the first things that goes, right? When you're chronically stressed, that happens chronically. Added to that, all the other things that were happening with the adrenals, added to the brain fog and the depression and stuff like that. And that's where you really need help from the outside. You really need somebody from the outside to be able to kind of guide you out of there because it is very, very difficult for you to guide yourself out of this situation. Very difficult, especially if you don't have somebody that's specialized in stress, that's able to break it down for you and give you step by step. Maybe then you can think for yourself, but still even that, because it's so overwhelming. There are so many things happening at the same time, so many diagnoses. And if you go down the traditional medicine route, they will take you on a spin. Like they will, the psychologist is going to want to see you. The therapist is going to want to see you. The the endocr- endocrinologist is going to want to see you. They're going to want to scan your, scan your brain. I did all of this MRI on my brain, CD scan on my brain, on every single thing you can imagine, you know, to get to the point to realize that it was first my entrance uh, to answer your question was I figured out that it was a hormonal issue. Okay. And so I tried to mitigate that through nutrition. And that's why I became a health coach. Um, that was the, the start of it. Um, and that kind of, used to bring me back to like 60, 70% recovery. Okay. So that brought me back to like 60, 70% recovery. And I, and I used to get there and kind of crash, get there and crash. And then I started working with people and they'd get there to like 60, 70, 80% even and, and go back down. And, you know, it was like a cycle. And so that's what led me into getting more into the mindset and mind. And I started my journey into that from a conscious perspective and a behavioral perspective like any therapist or any coach, uh, st- uh, normal standard coach. And then I started realizing that there's something a lot more deeper than that, which is your conditioning and your unconscious mind. And, and I started getting into that then. And that's why I have all these certifications and all these different uh, fields of coaching and healing and therapy. And, uh, and eventually I came to the point where I was kind of obsessed with the mind for a very long time. And a lot of my clients started coming through that. And then I started noticing that after doing that, I needed to go back into the body. And so I circled back into health coaching again. And now I'm contemplating doing the master course for for my uh, health coaching. So to become a master health coach, uh, because I I mastered all the other ones. And uh, now I've created my method called the Ascension Method, which is basically a five-step method that takes you into your mind, does all the cleanup in there, all your conditioning from an unconscious level. Take me, and through, then we that. Go...
0: Take me through that because it sounds like, I mean, we're going to go into depth. I'll speak to you again and we can dive into it. But I, a lot of times, like, it sounds like you fixed up your nutrition and you rested and you stopped doing the crazy exercise and you were able to fix a lot of your physical conditions. But you're saying that other element, the mind, just sort of tell me how that helped work for well, you and the method.
1: I mean, your, your, your unconscious mind governs and controls almost 95% of you as a being, right? So if anything that is not targeted at the unconscious mind level is targeted on a conscious level, which is only 5%. Right. So you can imagine that through this 5%, if you're trying to create any sort of healing, whether it is through a diet whether it is through kind of behavioral techniques um, that most therapists and psychologists do through medication, um, all of that is kind of on the symptomatic kind of conscious level. Your unconscious mind has this mandate because it's 95% of you and it loves you infinitely. It's kind of gotten a bad rap these days. I feel like people talk about it badly, but in reality, your unconscious mind loves you infinitely, loves you more than your mom, than your dad, than, than anything you can ever imagine. Cause it's, really what kind of created you from 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 when you were conceived and it has it 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 thinks that it has the best its best interest it has you in its best interest Mm -hmm. is that correct yeah Mm -hmm. okay so um so what sometimes happens is your unconscious mind because of because of your conditioning uh your unconscious mind kind of throws these problems into your life including this ease, including your results in life. We can expand on that a lot more because that gets a bit spiritual and, and, and metaphysical and it and, and needs a, a bigger explanation. But if you really, really want real change, it needs to happen at your unconscious mind. So you can basically try to fix these things from a conscious level, from a dietary perspective, from a health coaching perspective, but you're literally bouncing against the wall, a big wall that's 95% and you're trying to create change through the 5%. A lot of times
0: I'm sorry to interrupt but that's just cuz your unconscious was is pulling you back to safety kind of thing like pulling you yes protecting. yes to
1: what it knows yeah it's protecting you it's uh it's it's bringing you back to your comfort zone but also it is it will make things worse for you to take notice of what's going on inside you know so it's basically telling you no that's not the solution to what you're trying to do the real problem is in here right So it will make the problem worse and worse and worse. You will get to a certain recovery because you'll be able to push against this 95% for a bit. That's why I was getting to 60%, 70%, 80%. But then your unconscious mind is gonna be like, nope, that's no, you're not learning. You're not actually understanding what I'm trying to say. And it'll keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And a lot of times people that are going through cycles with their health or with their weight loss or with whatever it is, that is the problem. And then, and that's when I started thinking, okay, so we need to fix the problem there first, and then kind of circle back and come to this issue when they're cleaned up from the, from their unconscious mind and bring everything up back to, to 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 full performance.
0: Okay, so that's part of the method. Then, how do you do that? How do you yes. How do you clean up? So,
1: that? so the method is a five step approach. the 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 first step is kind of uh, revolved around setting intentions, because. I believe that all healing and all actions that are true to their purpose have to start with an intention. So I teach my clients how to set intentions and kind of it's not the kind of intention where you wake up in the morning and think, "Oh, okay, today I'm going to be the best version of myself," you know? No, there's actually a methodology, a certain uh, meditation and a certain process that kind of like takes this intention and throws it up into the fifth dimension from a from a quantum perspective and kind of brings that reality to you. Right. So that that also requires a little bit of an explanation, yeah. but that's step one. Step two is the cleanup, which is the unconscious mind cleanup. That is about a, 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 approximately a 20 hour kind of work that we do together that digs deep into your unconscious mind, kind of unlocks your unconscious mind a bit. Then there's a phase where we have to make your unconscious mind and your conscious mind friends again, because at that point, if you're feeling really bad, there is kind of a disconnect between your conscious mind and your unconscious mind. So we make them friends again and we bring your heart into that equation. So you have the trifecta of your conscious mind, your unconscious mind and your heart. And we kind of align all of these together. And then we literally reprogram your unconscious mind. Like you reprogram any, any, uh, any computer, literally. Hmm. Um, so you you kind of uh, delete all your unconscious learnings and replace them with, with with positive learnings instead of the negative ones, and that kind of reframes and and realigns and refires your 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 neurons that were firing in, in wrong ways before. And then we kind of set you up a little bit for the future um, in step two uh, through some quantum work and and, uh, and meditations and hypnosis. And then step three and four is based on the seven pillars for life mastery, which are things like nutrition, uh, relationships, career, spirituality. There are seven of them. And we have an assessment of all seven. And then we kind of set a strategy. That's number three. And number four is we set up a plan for you to kind of bring everything up to full performance. And then step five, once we've done all of this work, is learning how to. Uh, surrender and live in flow okay which is the last step of in my opinion the the epitome of living in love and joy and freedom like we're supposed to live Mm -hmm. so just kind of letting go and let god and the universe or whatever you believe in consciousness energy whatever whatever it is that you believe in that's higher than you kind of like guide the way and you know and and you don't feel that uh pressure and anxiety and and, uh, and it relieves all of that when you know that something is guiding you and you're just kind of like flowing, you know, it's beautiful.
0: I have, I, I do know that feeling. I, I think that most people, they talk about flow and whether you have it all the time or most of the time or a bit of the time, I think people know about that when you you just feel really good. Now yeah. you talk about the quantum field. This is the part that starts to break my brain a little bit, but I am reading that book by uh, Joe Dispenza, the breaking the habit of being yourself. So I know I'm I'm trying to wrap my head around it. And it is based on energy and matter. But can you just, are you able to (laughs) explain it in a way that people could wrap their head around?
1: Sure. So quantum theory has come about to prove everything that is kind of missing in the Newtonian world. Which is physics, chemistry, biology—all of the the sciences that we learned—that are kind of like based on matter, right? But what we know about the universe is—and if you look all the way down to the atom level, almost 99% is not matter. So, almost 99% of universe is not matter. So, so that begs the question: What is there, (laughs) right? And uh, I think the quantum, uh, the quantum field, quantum research has come about to kind of Uh, explain what are these things that we cannot sense in a way right through all our senses so there are many theories in the quantum in the quantum field but the realm where Joe Dispenza is is kind of where um, neuroscience uh, neuroplasticity and uh, and the and quantum science kind of intersects the amazing thing is that quantum science has kind of brought science back into the spiritual world where I don't know if you knew there was a disconnect once because there was a meeting between the church and a scientist, the Pope and a scientist. And they basically decided, I don't know if it was the Pope or not, but somebody very high up at church. I have the name somewhere and they kind of decided to kind of separate science and church because there was a lot of conflict from, from a political perspective. And quantum, and, and ever since, they kind of like don't disagree. It's kind of two polar sides. And then quantum science kind of brought this back together because a lot of the quantum theory proves a lot of the spiritual theories in a way or another.
0: Well, there are, the, there are things that we don't see and we can't exactly measure.
1: Yes. But. I mean, all of these things that happen with manifestation, for example, you know, like these things, like the things that people have been able to prove but nobody has been able to prove it scientifically. Now we have science behind it, how it happens and and why it happens. And and I think Joe Dispenza is exactly in that realm. How can you use quantum science to benefit you in all areas of your life? Abundance, health. It's crazy. I went to a seven-day intensive uh, course and on day five and six, no, six and seven, I think, don't quote me, but I was uh, very dazed and confused throughout the seven days. But uh, on day six and seven, he has these uh, uh, these group healing uh, circles where they bring people that are terminally ill or, or crazy, crazy conditions. And with the help of everybody there, I mean, there's like two thousand people, two thousand five hundred people, or something like that. With the help of people there, you have a circle of like six people, and he guides you on how you're supposed to heal them energetically. And people heal from the craziest. Craziest things you know again, the beauty of that is it's not like kooky crazy you know witches and and uh and uh and wizards that are doing this it's it's like completely grounded in science. it's extremely explained to you, it's broken down, and that's what you're reading. It's a beautiful, beautiful world
0: like so that. when you when you're working through your method, are you sort of teaching people how to put themselves in a mindset that they've already achieved what it is they want to to do yes. So making yes. them lay, tra- sort of train and training their brain so that they are in a new reality rather than their current reality. Not
1: yes. Actual. I mean, look, there is so much of this that will already be huge aha moments in your mind because you 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 already know this. Mm-hmm. Is, I'm not introducing anything new. You there is something deep down inside that within you your unconscious mind all of all the uh, you you know this. You operate that way. It's not something that you learn how to do that you're not doing already, you know, you're already doing it. You're just not doing it at its most optimum. Let's put it that way. And you're doing it unconsciously. Right. Beautiful things happening when you start doing it consciously, okay. right? That's all it is. It's just bringing what's happening in your, in your life or lives or whatever way you want to see it and bringing it into your conscious awareness so that now you're in control of it a bit more, you yeah. know, Every time, because the more you practice, the more you practice, and the more you master it, the more you become. Uh, it's like it's like it's like playing Jedi mind tricks, basically. You know, <laughs> it's right. exactly what it's like. You know, so okay. the quantum field is all about accessing the fifth dimension, which is uh, which is which is a dimension of much much higher and elevated wavelengths, brain wavelength, and you achieve that through meditation or through trans through trance and trance can be achieved through multiple ways so through meditation or through hypnosis or uh, certain nlp techniques uh, that kind of elevate you to these brain waves where then the infinite world of possibilities is accessible and instead of you working really hard to get what you want you just kind of attract it to you that is the, the that is the gist of it all that is the gist of, of all of of uh, of uh, of uh, joe dispenza's technique
0: it's on a basic level. It's a little bit like if you expect to have a good day, you're going to have a good day. But this is it to the max, rather than yes. if, if you think something's going to be terrible, often it is. But this is sort of taking it to like,
1: yeah, 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 the, um, the umpteenth level. Umpteenth level, yeah. <laughs> so who,
0: who who are your um, clients?
1: Like the type of clients I have? Yeah.
0: Who who comes to you? Who who is looking for who is looking for this? I'm curious.
1: I've ha- I've had everything from Seven eight year olds to eighty year olds and everything in between. Women, men, very high achievers, very high performers, people that perform at a high level, professional athletes, uh, housewives that perform that want to perform at the highest level. You know, everybody wants to perform at the highest level in their lives, whatever they're doing. You know, and find the passion, find purpose, and joy. Most importantly, yeah. most of us are running around not finding joy in our lives, and and we're looking for Solutions from outside of us to give us this joy and this freedom. When in reality, it's all inside, you know. Yeah. And uh, most people that gravitate towards what I do are people that just want to perform at their highest, you know. And they can. I've had I've had parents come to me with like nine, ten year old kids that are amazing athletes. You know, they surf, they do all the stuff in, in the dunes, they ride these buggies and jump, and but these kids are so unfulfilled and so unhappy. And the parents can't figure it out, okay. you know, to be very honest with you, usually it's the parents um, that kind of need a little bit of, uh, of guidance, but it works just as well on kids because what you need is you need this, uh, and this approach is not a very serious approach. It's not like therapy or, you know, going to see a psychologist or something like that. Most of it is actually really exciting. You find stuff about yourself. You find stuff in the past or or even before the past, like through your genealogy or through your past lives, whatever you believe in, that you didn't even knew existed. And then some people actually go ask their parents and the parents tell them, how the hell did you find that out? Like your grandma was like that, you know, or something, you know? And it's it's a very enjoyable process. Most people leave here feeling really, really good. Um, And so, you know, all you need is a childlike kind of imagination and behavior, to be honest. And just come and play, and come and want to enjoy yourself, and get in touch with your true uh, child inside, and 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 so children, it works for them perfectly because you know you ask a ask a ask an adult, okay, close your eyes and imagine yourself floating above a timeline and going from here to here. You know, some adults are really silly; they'll ask you, "Oh, okay, uh, I I don't know how to float above a timeline," you know, or. Okay, now I have, I see a wall in front of me. What should I do? Or, you know, they come up with these really, really strange things.
0: Well, I've done those you know? too. And I'll just find myself going, I don't want to do that. That's just what I'll think. Yeah, I'm not going to. Yeah. Like, I'll be in the meditation yeah. or whatever. And my brain's just like, I'm not going to do it. Everyone else is going to do it. But I'm not because I'm too cool. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah. kids, kids, kids are amazing. Kids, you tell them, okay, close your eyes. Yeah, imagine you're doing this. Yep, yeah. okay, fine. Imagine you found this. Yeah, okay, I found it. You know, it's like
0: yeah,
1: five minutes, they're done. Okay. You know, some adults Sometimes it takes about half an hour, you know to mm-hmm. guide them, trying to like mitigate their anxiety and stuff, and you know yeah, the longer you you hold on to these burdens, the more sometimes they're a bit tougher to kind of release.
0: Okay. Well, I could talk to you all day about this stuff, and we will talk again, um, but I'll leave it there for now. My mind's a little bit blown by the quantum field, but um, I'm just going to absorb. <laughs> tell us tell people where they can find you.
1: I am on. All the channels. Uh, I'm, on, uh, I'm on Instagram on arsalan.alhashimi. Uh, that's my handle. I am on my website is www.arsalan.co. That will be the easiest because that can give you access to everything. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on YouTube.
0: Okay. Well, listen, thank you so much for talking to me today. And it's great to hear your story. And I think the takeaway is like, if you're having problems physically, don't let it get to
1: that point. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 the other thing is if you're having a lot of problems physically, make sure you consult with somebody that could tell you what's going on, on a on a on a mind level too. Because the most probably out of like I'll say nine out of ten times, the the root of the problem exists there, not in your body. Your body's just reacting to what's going on up there.
0: Yeah, and a doctor's not going to be able to tell you
1: that. No. You go to- no.
0: Okay, thank you so much. It's lovely to meet you and uh, to talk to you. Have a
1: great day. Okay, thank you.
0: That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the livehealthy.ae podcast.